Oh, oh, babe. I think you sat in some sugar or something. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have a really sweet ass. Love Uncovered, a podcast that pulls back the sheets to look at love from different angles. I'm Robin Wilson, and together with my partner, Phil, we'll examine different themes around love. How you doing, babe? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing, you know, I'm doing all right. I'm feeling, it's starting to feel a little anxious and kind of excited because we're leaving for holidays next week. This week? Later on this week? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yay! It's coming up so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to keep motivated when you're when you've got a holiday right on the horizon, right? Oh, it really is, especially when this week is looking to be like plus 30 weather. I just kind of want to get out of here and Yeah. walk I, along the cliffs of Ireland. It's funny because we spend all winter wishing we could go somewhere warmer and then it finally gets hot in the summer and we're like, "Oh, I got to get out of here." It's true. <laughs> it's true. There's no pleasing us. Nope, none. Which is actually kind of fitting because our topic this week is deal breakers yeah. in relationships. And 31 degrees is a deal breaker. 31 degrees is a definite deal breaker. Mm-hmm. I, I am off with summer. <laughs> Breaking it off. I, I'm not going to complain. I complain all winter. So <laughs> I, have, I have a one season complain uh, rule. That's true. I'm the summer complainer. You're the winter complainer for sure. Yin yang. <laughs> So as I mentioned, in this week's episode, we're going to talk about deal breakers. And those are those things that you just cannot overlook when you're looking for a potential mate. Now, Phil and I, in preparation for this episode, we went online and looked at what some of the most common deal breakers are, because I mean, we have our own, but do they fit with what is sort of the most commonly mentioned deal breakers? I don't know. What did you find? I found a couple interesting ones. Um, One of them was poor hygiene. Oh, yeah. Totally understandable. Who wants to go on a first date? You show up and and there's just a massive amount of BO. Oh, yeah. For yeah. sure. That first impression's a killer. For sure. You know what? You, you need to put some sort of impression forward that makes somebody want to hang around and know more about you. And if the first impression of you is that you smell like a hot dumpster. Oh, no. no. Yeah, that's bad. No, I'm out. That's yeah. a deal breaker. What if that showed up on the third date, though? What if the first two were fine and then the third date they just show up smelling or greasy hair or something? Would that be a deal breaker then or would you give them one more date? I'd be really concerned, honestly. I would probably give it one more date to see if that was a one-off. Like, you know, I'd, I'd want to hear the explanation first. And if there was none, then I'd be concerned because uh, were you just hiding that for two dates? <laughs> what else were you hiding? It's <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> Definitely cause for concern. One that I found that was interesting was stubbornness. It's not something I would have thought of, like, as a deal breaker, but when you hear it, I'm like, yeah, because there needs to be give and take in a relationship, and if one person is unwilling to move, and it's just my way all the way, and I'm not breaking, and this is how it's going to be, that would, yeah, that would definitely be a deal breaker for me. You think so? Oh, yeah. I think it it really, for me, would come down to how stubborn. Um, I, I think I could deal with a little bit of stubbornness. You know, if you think you're right about something and you're not giving up until you're proven wrong, then that's one thing. But if it's stubbornness to the point where it's clear you're wrong about something and you just won't get off it, then that's a personality trait that's not very attractive to me for sure. Totally. And I think that's a difference between having strong convictions and just being 
unwilling to give any amount to someone else. Like, I think that's that's a difference for me. And I don't really know if I can articulate what that difference is, but I just know it when I see it. It's, well, you know it when you see it. That's That's perfect. Yeah. That's all you really need. One of the other ones I found was uh, laziness. That got mentioned a lot, mm. which concerns me a little as someone who's lazy. <laughs> me too. Like, <laughs> knock it off. Leave lazy people <laughs> alone. What's wrong with watching Netflix for six hours? Like, get away from me. Exactly. And that kind of surprises me because, I mean, we live in a culture. I mean, I guess we live in a culture of really two polar opposites. Do, do, do. We're so busy, busy, busy all the time. And then we just sit for eight hours and binge on Netflix. Like, there seems to be not a lot of middle ground. It's true. But I also think that that opens the door for one's own imp- interpretation of lazy. What is lazy to you might not be lazy to me. Yeah. I think extreme, I think like most of these deal breakers, any of those actions in the extreme is probably a deal breaker. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Extremes are huge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like one that I found that obviously speaks to me is abusive behavior. I mean, not obviously speaks to me. That should speak to a lot of people. That should speak to everybody. <laughs> abusive behavior is a deal breaker, yeah. whether that's verbally abusive, emotionally abusive, physically abusive, all that is off the table. Well, I think that should be a deal breaker for everyone. And especially if we're talking about uh, deal breakers early on in a relationship, right. shouldn't that make you turn around and run like hell? Run away. But it's it's very interesting, though, how sometimes something that's a deal breaker right at the beginning turns out, um, you know, people are a lot more tolerant of, of certain actions. Um, the more they know someone, the longer they've been with somebody. And things that they thought were a deal breaker before turn out to not be something they're willing to break it off for anymore. Right. And with abusive natures, a lot of times they're so insidious that you don't really see them at first. People with abusive natures tend to be really good at hiding them. So they reel you in and they're all sweet and lovely. And then they just sort of start creeping into the relationship. So you almost don't even notice it until it's like full blown. And by then, oftentimes it's it's too late. Well, and then sometimes I think if you're really enamored with certain parts of the relationship, it it almost clouds your judgment of the parts that kind of suck. For sure. For sure. And by the time you realize that you're kind of invested in this person, you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. That's got to be a crappy feeling. Um, You know, and I found one other one that I found really interesting, and I want to discuss it with you. One of the most commonly mentioned deal breakers was um, bad in bed, which really kind of surprised me. Yeah. I, I, I wonder... If you took a poll, how many people that would respond to that would be, you know, in their 20s? <laughs> and then if you polled people in their 40s and 50s, or 60s, <laughs> I, I would imagine that becomes less maybe. important to yeah. people, but who knows? That may be true. And I think it's also something that, that comes down to communication. Like if you're not willing to talk about maybe what you think is bad in bed or what you like then it might be easier just to break it off because, oh, no, I'd I'd rather just have someone do it than have to talk about it. It's almost an embarrassment kind of thing. Yeah, I I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I think if if two people in a relationship have a drastically different sex drive as well, that can be a real issue. However, I don't know. Isn't that something you could just work out? Like, this seemed like problems that you could work out to me. Yeah, and I think sort of being bad in bed is more workable than drastically different sex drives. Yeah, for sure. That The first one to me is fixable, sort of, right? You know, you, you change what you're doing, but 
Um, yeah, the different sex drives is kind of just an inherent quality that you have. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you change that. Yeah, and I don't know if it's changing it. But again, if if the relationship is strong enough and every other thing is really, really good, I would like to think that could be something that's workable. But I understand that that would be a deal breaker for someone. I mean, if even if you just go on, like, ex- again, talking extremes, if you're dating someone who's asexual and you need to have sex, as most people biologically do then that could be a problem. Well, sure. I think if, if you were someone who had a really low sex drive and this uh, potential partner had an extremely high sex drive, wouldn't you immediately be thinking that if you're not fulfilling the needs mm-hmm. for the other person that they're going to be looking elsewhere for that? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a whole other bag, wor- bag of worms there in my, in my books. Well, totally. And if you have that sort of relationship where you're open to it, we can go back to sort of what we were talking about next episode with open relationships and sort of having that communication that this is important to me. It's not as important to you. So we'll meet each other's emotional needs, but I'm going to go somewhere else for my sexual needs. Yeah, that's fair. So it doesn't have to be a deal breaker if you're open to other possibilities, I guess. Well, sure, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, there's ways around every problem. It's just, uh, you know, what's worse, the, uh, the problem or the cure, I guess. Ah, that's a great way to put it. In this same idea, we wanted to find out what our listeners thought were deal breakers for them. So we asked all eight of our listeners and, you know, we got five responses, which I'm pretty excited about. That's over half of our listeners responding. Woo, that's a pretty good percentage. Right? It's a good day today. Yeah. (laughs) Let's take a listen and see what some of their deal breakers are. I feel like I have a lot of deal breakers. Like I want somebody who understands my passions. I'm into some really geeky things or uh, feminist things or whatnot. And I think it would be really fun to have somebody who is as passionate about the love of Brooklyn Nine-Nine as I am, but as well, I could show them Brooklyn Nine-Nine as long as they're willing to watch it because it's so good. If you're not willing to to bend a little or or try uh, dancing, then you might not want to try going out for a bike ride or you might not want to try Thai food. And so someone who doesn't like to try things, yeah, no, I need someone who's more open-minded. My biggest deal breaker in a relationship is sexism. And I'm not even talking about that like overt misogynistic sexism. I'm talking about the undertone sexism. Um, I come from a small town that has a lot of very conservative people with very traditional viewpoints. And so when I was young, like high school age, a little bit older, I dated a couple guys that genuinely believed that women should stay home and have kids and don't even necessarily need an education or a career. And you know what? That works for some people, but I knew it wouldn't work for me. And these guys thought that there was something very wrong with me because I didn't want to just be a mom. And you know what? That extends outside of my romantic relationships as well. Um, I don't want to be friends with any women who don't think that other women should, you know, have a seat at the table. So yeah. That's a big deal breaker. A deal breaker for me the last time I dated someone, which would have been 11 years ago, would have been smoking. It's just a gross habit. I would have been a lot more tolerant about other things that right now, if I was to go back out and date, I would consider them deal breakers. I mean, I have deal breakers with friends and family members, so it would definitely, definitely extend to my partner. A strong part of my identity is feminism, and I would refuse, refuse to be with a partner who didn't share those values. So any support of, especially 
Republicans, the United Conservative Party, Trump, Jordan Peterson, white supremacy, men's rights activists. Bye. Right off the top, it would have to be uh, racism. Absolutely. In fact, I went online dating last year for a little bit. I was talking to a fellow and we were going to meet. And then we'd been talking for a few weeks and we're going to meet. And then he dropped the N-word and I called him on it. And he said, oh, I was just joking. I'm like, oh, that's not even joking material. I mean, nobody, none of my friends would even think to joke about that. I haven't heard anyone in my circles joke or use that word for, I don't even, 20 years type of thing. So, and then uh, he got mad at me for getting pissed. And I thought, okay, well, that's two strikes as if the racism wasn't enough because um, verbal abuse or that kind of thing would be the other deal breaker. So, you know, um, telling me that I'm whatever words he used because of what I I was standing up for what I believed in, uh, you know, he tried to make me feel bad about that. So that's a deal breaker too. Um, And then he revealed he was a Trump supporter. So that's a deal breaker too. (laughs) I remember going on a date when I was 18 and we were at the mall and walking through chapters and they had an elaborate display, as Chapters does, for the Da Vinci Code. And to make sort of awkward small talk, I just said, Oh, the Da Vinci Code! And this guy goes, I thought that was a movie. So I start telling him that it was actually based on a book, and then he says, Oh, I haven't read a book since junior high. I texted an SOS to a friend who called with an emergency so I could end the date early. I'm a very extroverted person, so it'd be really nice to have somebody who could match me in my extroversion or at least not be cripplingly shy because I like to be able to go to an event or a party and not have to hold their hand the entire time and be able to mix and mingle and meet other people. Emotional, verbal, psychological abuse, goodbye. Someone who doesn't like dogs. Uh, no bird people. No one who's into birds because birds are gross. They just scream and poop. Someone who's a picky eater. I do have a thing about teeth. Bad teeth. I don't know. I think you see someone smile, right? And No, that's so shallow. Don't put that in there. Oh, my God. That's so shallow. Someone who isn't wise with their money. I guess I'd take bad teeth uh, <laughs> if he was super nice. <laughs> But he better be able to dance. Uh, as well, anyone who's abusive in any way, emotionally abusive, physically abusive, any of that hard pass. Any slut shaming or body shaming or putting down other women, I just, I absolutely refuse to accept that in my life. Or people who have like hissing cockroaches or millipedes because I can just feel their legs on me and I do not want that. That would be not my favorite. No, do not pass go on on that. A lot of the deal breakers for me now are just things that my wife isn't. So that's pretty awesome, and I'm quite lucky. With every relationship, there's different things about the person that are different quirks, different things that you're not interested in, um, or things that you don't think you'd be interested in, but then become like adorable little stories that you tell. Like, I have on my list, I don't want somebody who tucks in the blankets because, oh my God, why? You're trapping yourself in bed. Why do you want to be trapped? But at the end of the day, if like I met a partner who fulfilled me in so many ways and I loved and they tucked in the stupid blankets, tuck in the blanket or we'll use different blankets or whatever it ends up being. And it becomes just like a fun quirk of a relationship. So I think that there has to be like 
hard lines that you won't cross and then some things that you are able to negotiate a little bit on. You can't have too many deal breakers. <laughs> Otherwise, you're never, you're never going to go on any dates. So what did you think about what they had to say? Uh, anything stand out to you there? You know, a lot stood out. One thing that stood out to me, I mean, immediately, which sort of speaks to who listens to this podcast, a lot of it was very similar. People talked about strong feminist beliefs. People talked about um, abusive behaviors, how that, those are right off the table, which I think sort of, it speaks to me for sure. But one thing that I found really interesting is at the end, um, one of our listeners said that a deal breaker for him now is whatever his wife isn't, which I think is really lovely. Like they've been together 11 years. He's learned to love this woman in his life and whatever she's not, he doesn't want a part of, which I think is really lovely. That's really lovely. And also a lot of sucking up. <laughs> He's a smart man. Yeah, no, that's, that's a smart married man right there. <laughs> and I think it also speaks to the health of a relationship because I think that could go totally in the opposite direction. If you're really not happy with your relationship, deal breakers could be whatever your partner is. Well, I think wouldn't that be the tendency though? Like most things, you know, once you, once you have it for a long time, um, the things that annoy you about whatever it is, don't they start to become bigger issues? You know, like I think even houses and cars and stuff that you love it at the beginning and then you find all these things that irritate you. And then after decades... The things that irritate you become the biggest things. So it's true. I think keeping keeping that from happening in a relationship has got to be key. Yeah, like we almost traded in our car simply because we hate the radio, the radio so sucks. much. <laughs> radio is so dumb in that car. I hate it. Get it's get better, worst. Subaru. <laughs> so, what did you think about about what our listeners had to say? I thought it was interesting that there was a lot of uh, big ticket items being mentioned there, which I think is completely understandable. And for for most, sorry, what do you mean by big ticket items? I think the big the big ticket items are huge issues that are that speak to what kind of person you are at your core, like racism and sexism. These are these are kind of deal breakers that I think most reasonable people should probably have as deal breakers. But unfortunately, in society, not everybody does, right? I, I found that very interesting that that was getting mentioned a lot and like the first thing everybody wants to talk about is these these big ticket items, which is encouraging because I think if you if you keep your deal breakers to the big items like that, that's probably a good way to go. The other thing I thought was interesting is that some of the more frivolous ones, um, you know, frivolous to some, I guess. Birds. Birds. <laughs> birds and smoking. And I think, you know, they may seem like frivolous things at first, but they could actually have a lot of merit. And for some people, like the birds one. Totally. You're never going to get married to someone who has a house full of birds. Never. Never going to happen. Never. Because why would you? Birds are gross. Never. And they're jerks. They're real jerks. <laughs> when we met, um, I know that I was very specific in what my deal breakers were. So specific, in fact, that I listed them right in my personal ad because we met online. And uh, my personal ad listed out, you need to have a job. You need to have a car. You need to have a place of your own. Those were like one, two, three. If you don't have those, that is a deal breaker for me, which looking back on it now seems almost a little shallow because I mean, obviously people are in different things in their lives and they could be in transition or, you know, whatever. And I understand that now. But back then I had just gotten out of a relationship with a guy who didn't work. So I was paying the rent. I was doing everything. 
We intermittently had a car, so it was always breaking down, and I was really tired of having to take the bus everywhere. And it just, it seemed really important to me. Well, I think that listing those types of things immediately kind of says something about your history as well, doesn't it? I think I think all of our deal breakers say something about our history for sure. Yeah, quite likely, right? I mean, something that you've already experienced and you're like, no, I don't want any part of that again. And, and I think when you're younger, that makes sense to me. You know, um, you want to have practical things as your deal breakers, right? You know, if you're in your mid-20s... Um, I'm not looking for someone who lives in their mom's basement <laughs> and has a paper route and just smokes drugs and plays video games all day. No, because I, I need somebody with some motivation. I need some assurance that you're going to grow up into a, a functioning adult instead of being a teenager until you're 60. So that makes sense to me. Which is why I think my ad spoke to you, because you think practically and you were like, hey, I have a job. I have a car. I have a place to live. I'm replying to this ad. <laughs> actually, what I thought is, I actually have something to offer. Somebody's looking for some stuff that I actually have <laughs> instead of just abs, which I have, but they're buried under a lot of cushioning. <laughs> <laughs> um, abs and a sweet ass. Oh, I'm not replying to that one. <laughs> Damn. Well, I'm glad that worked out for us then. When I was younger and, and looking, I think my, I didn't really think I had a lot of deal breakers, but one of them for me that stands out is slobbiness. I didn't want someone who doesn't take care of themselves at all. And that doesn't mean you have to be skinny and hot and, and all these other things. It, it meant more to me that I don't want to be with the kind of person who goes out all the time looking like a complete slob, you know, gravy stained sweatshirt and greasy hair and, and just don't give a damn what you look like ever. Right. I don't, I don't want that because I think, I think that's hard to get over for me. I just want somebody that gives a damn what they look like. So you kind of fell in with that very commonly spoke to deal breaker of, you know, poor hygiene. Yeah. And, it, and honestly, it, I don't know if that would even fall under hygiene for me. It's more like, look like you give a damn what you mm, look like. Like someone who cares about themselves. Yeah. You know, if you just, you don't have enough respect for anybody you're with to even like comb your hair or, you know, put on a clean shirt or something if we're going somewhere, you know, that just tells me that that's not going to be a fun relationship for me. Right. And I know that another deal breaker of yours was smoking. Well, it kind of was. I, I thought it was going in, and then I met you, and <laughs> you were a smoker. I was a smoker. And all of a sudden, being a smoker didn't matter that much to me, and I figured I could just change you. <laughs> Spoiler, you did. I did change you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's amazing how when you put areas saying you can't smoke in my car, you can't smoke in my house, that all of a sudden, really just spending time with you seemed more important than having a cigarette. Well, that's a good thing. I guess. It worked out well. Man, meeting me is the healthiest thing that ever happened to you, except for the cooking part. All, except the, for butter. all the butter. Forget all the butter. Yeah. And yes, it's super healthy. <laughs> yeah, we replace cigarette smoke with butter. That's, that's good. That's a good thing. <laughs> well, for me, one of my deal breakers when we met, which I didn't realize and I didn't vocalize, um, was I was looking for someone with a strong faith in God. I was pretty spiritual. I went to church every week. It was something that was really big in my life. And then I met you, and you don't believe in God. Yeah, I was a bad influence on you. <laughs> well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I would say you were a bad influence. <laughs> but it certainly caused me a lot of concern. I stressed about it a lot, what we were going to do, because I loved you by that point, by the point that sort of it really, we had that conversation, and you made it explicitly clear that you thought church was bullshit. 
it, it caused me a lot of concern. Like I went to bed crying at night because I was so worried about what that means for us as a relationship. It's And it's interesting because I, I didn't care that you were religious. It didn't matter to me. I don't buy into religion particularly, but um, I, I fully support someone else who does. You know, if that's what you need, I, it's not my place to tell someone what to think and what to believe. So, so how did you get over that then? I wasn't religious. You were, you know, super churchy. Um, <laughs> how, how are we still together? How are we still together? I ask myself that all the time. No. Like, it's amazing to me that you haven't <laughs> wised up yet, but... Whatever. But you haven't. What I did, like I said, it caused me a lot of stress. But it just sort of came to the realization that it didn't matter that you believed in God. You lived your life in a kind way. You treated people with respect. You gave of yourself without question, without hesitation. And I realized that a lot of people who believed in God, who went to church, they lived their life that way because that's what the Bible dictates. That's what church tells them to do. And you did it inherently. You just did it because you were that sort of person. And that made me realize that that was far more important than a belief in some, you know, spectral deity. Well, that's good because I, I mean, I would have been okay going to church on a Sunday if you really insisted, but I, I got to tell you, I, that's not something that would have been really exciting for me. I wouldn't be looking <laughs> forward to it. I'd be basically the Homer Simpson of this relationship going, oh my God, it's church day again. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, to your credit, you, we got married in a church. So even though that wasn't something you cared about, you knew it was important to me. And, and that's what we did. Yeah. It's important to you and it wasn't important to me. So obviously it makes sense to do, do it your way if it was, if it was something that was important to you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, we got through it. We and did. I converted you from smoking and from church. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> Or the best. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other deal breakers, sorry, I, I kind of forgot to mention this earlier, but one of the other deal breakers for me that I think would have been a big one for me without really realizing it when I was younger, and it probably still would be now, is like drug abuse and gambling. And they haven't come up, but I think that would be really tough to deal with, no? I think it certainly can put a strain on it. And I think for a lot of people that would be a deal breaker. For me, back when we met, it wasn't a huge deal breaker. I had a lot of my friends did drugs or drank an awful lot. So for me, it was just sort of, I never did, but I was around it a lot. So it wasn't that big of a thing. Hmm. And obviously now, as I've gone through life and I understand more about addiction, it certainly wouldn't be a deal breaker for me now. Not at the beginning of a relationship? I, I, I get that it's totally different once you're with somebody and then and then these issues arise. But if you just met someone... I I don't know if I'm strong enough to deal with that right off the bat. Yeah, it could certainly put a strain. You're right. At the very beginning, I think that could be all that you see. Like you don't really get to know the person. Yeah, it would be tough, I think. Just to start a relationship with that hanging over it already would be very difficult. I could deal with it if if you became a drug addict right now. Please don't. (laughs) But if you did, we would deal with it, right? Because Because we're invested in this relationship. We love each other and that's what you do. But would I volunteer to deal with it with somebody that I don't know? I don't, I don't think that's how I would like to start. Yeah, I think you're right. How long should you give someone before cutting them loose? So like if somebody showed up on a first date with a, with a deal breaker, would you give them a second or third date to see if this is workable or not? Or do you just cut them right away? I don't know. That's tough. I think it depends on the deal breaker. As was mentioned in the deal breakers that we played, 
one of our listeners said that, you know, before they even met, as they were chatting, someone mentioned racist comments and then started degrading her for finding offense in the racist comments. Like, oh, yeah, immediately. That's done for me. No question. Yeah. See you later. I'm outie. 100%. (laughs) That's bad. But I think too often in our society, we have a tendency to live and die by our first impressions. We live in an instant gratification, a culture of instant gratification. And if that person on a first meeting doesn't fulfill all of our requirements, then we just move on to the next one. Because in an age of Tinder, we just have to keep swiping and there's always someone else coming up behind, which I think can be a detriment because a lot of those things, the first impression might, you know, someone might be really nervous or they might be really quiet because they're nervous. Exactly. And so then you're just counting them when it could be a really lovely person that you'll never get a chance to actually meet. Well, and I think if when we met that we had super stringent uh, deal breakers and a lot of them, we probably never would have had a second date. I mean, you can always find some reason to not like somebody. So I tend to prefer to find the reasons where we are alike and where we are compatible and things that we like about each other. And let's focus on those and almost kind of just enjoy those and see where it goes from there. Because if you, you know, obviously there's the big deal breakers that are just non-starters. I think everyone should have a couple of those Mm -hmm. at least, but the little things, don't sweat them, you know, have two or three dates or whatever. For sure. And see where it goes from there, because maybe it'll turn out like for me, smoking wasn't as big a deal breaker because you're not always going to be a smoker. Exactly. And I appreciate that because on our first date, I was not only a smoker, I was a defiant smoker. Like I recall sitting down, taking out my cigarettes, putting them right on the table to say, hey, this is a part of who I am and you're going to know it. You were a proud smoker. I was. (laughs) And so had that been your first impression and you said, oh, no, I don't want a smoker, we're done then we would have missed 18 years of happiness exactly. and, and more to come. Yeah. Well, that's just it. You, you can miss out on a lot of stuff by discounting um, people way too early. And do you think that too few or too many deal breakers can get in the way of a relationship? I think so. I, I think a lot of people put deal breakers on their list that really, when you think about it, aren't deal breakers. You know, if somebody fulfilled... A whole bunch of areas that you loved, but had one of these deal breakers, you know, a a more frivolous one, obviously not racism or abuse or, (laughs) you know, these are, these are givens that we're not going there. But the smaller deal breakers, I guess, I I think it's very easy to overcome some of those over time. So not birds though. Birds are. Well, bird, birds are one of the big ones. It's birds (laughs) and racism, right? That's, everybody knows that. That's a given. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you come in with 100 deal breakers, then obviously you're only ever having first dates. Yeah, I think you're really limiting yourself. But also having too few deal breakers, I think could also, it may not be like a relationship killer, but it could be like a soul crusher. Because if you have too few deal breakers, if you're willing to accept racism or sexism, then that could just mean you're living your life being mistreated because you don't sort of put those boundaries up. Sure. Well, I think there's a difference between deal breakers and red flags that are something to keep an eye on. Like, you know, somebody, the way somebody treats other people, you know, they're always nice to you. They're always so sweet to you. And then when they deal with somebody else and you're not around, they're a total asshole. Mm-hmm. That, that's a sign of things to come. I'm sorry, but I, I would want to see something changing pretty quickly there. Yeah. Because otherwise that can escalate into a deal breaker for me. Yeah, for sure. And I think in that sort of same idea, 
you have to be willing to sort of have those healthy challenges. Like you have to know yourself well enough to say, I understand that you think that drug addicts are terrible people who have brought this all on themselves. I think that there are people who are suffering and they need help coping. And this is how they've chosen in an unhealthy way to cope with their problems. You have to be willing to sort of challenge that person and maybe help them understand your way of thinking. Well, it's all how you handle it, right? If you if you can deal with a disagreement with respect, then that goes a long way. If you if your immediate reaction is to say that the other person's an idiot, that's probably not going to work out well for problem solving in the future, is it? Yeah, totally. <laughs> we always talk about deal breakers as in what's a deal breaker in someone else for you. But what about deal breakers that you think you might have for other people? Ooh. That's a great question. I think that my deal breakers, I mean, appearance-wise, I'm fat. So I think a lot of people would discount that right off the bat before even getting to know me because appearances are important when you first meet someone. That's your first look. So if there's not an attraction, then that can definitely be a deal breaker. And I think my strong belief in my feminism and in my social justice that can be off-putting for people. I mean, we see it on the internet all the time, the backlash that people have against feminism. But I think that a lot of men could see that as a detractor. Um, Obviously, it would be less of a deal breaker if I were dating a woman. Those are my probably two biggest barriers, I think. I think I could almost break down what you just said by saying a strong-willed, opinionated woman will rub some people the wrong way. Yes. Right? Yeah. I am a strong, opinionated woman, and that is a deal breaker for some weak-minded, sissy-ass men. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ooh, and the look you're giving me right now. I'm sassy. Yeah, you're sassy. <laughs> but that speaks well for you. You are not. But so- yeah, I mean, you're you're much more vocal and passionate about so- certain things that you believe. And I would maybe agree with you on that, but in a different manner. Hmm. So what would be some of your potential deal breakers for a suitor, suitress? Oh, I think if if I went to a potential um, girlfriend's house on a first date, let's say, and I opened the fridge and there was mild cheddar cheese in there. That would be your deal breaker. Yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't accept that. Right. But what would someone not accept in you? Oh. Same question you asked me, but back at you. Oh, what would somebody not accept about me? I think if I was doing anything that was a deal breaker for a lot of people, then I probably would try and change it. But I don't know. I mean, this just goes to show most of the deal breakers people have mentioned, I don't feel like I do. However, I think most people that do annoying things don't realize they're doing something really annoying. So maybe I'm the most irritating person on the planet (laughs) and I just don't even know it. (laughs) That's entirely possible. (laughs) So I think you can probably tell through our conversation, if we were to be dating now, I think both of our deal breakers would follow along the same sort of path that abuse is bad, any sort of racism, sexism, ableism is bad. Those would be definite deal breakers. For me, I like to think that all of that is encaptured by saying that someone who is intentionally cruel, someone who goes out with malice to be mean to other people and they don't give a shit about anybody else's opinions. Yeah. I, well, I think that's fair. I The word that you use there that I like the most is malice. Yeah. You know, and, and really you, you just said it in a fancy way, but I'm just going to get <laughs> in the gutter and say, if you're a shitty person, I don't really want to be around you. That's totally End of fair. story. <laughs> There's the Cliff Notes version. Don't be shitty. 
Don't be shitty. I think that's a great life motto, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I'm going to get a shirt made of that. <laughs> so now that you've heard our deal breakers, we'd love to hear from the rest of our eight listeners that we haven't already heard from. What are some of your deal breakers? Reach out to us at love underscore uncovered on Twitter and let us know. Or you can reach out to Phil and I directly at Baconhound or at Medusa Beth on Twitter. And you can also let us know of any topics you'd like us to cover in the future. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we're going away for a bit. So there's going to be a bit of a break in the podcast while we travel around Ireland. Though that might give us something to talk about when we get back. Drunken podcast coming your way. (laughs) (laughs) If you like what we do, you can subscribe to Love Uncovered in iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast. And remember to leave a review because that will help us get followers number nine and number ten. The big one zero, <laughs> Double digits. Our catchy theme music is supplied by Our Good Wolf. And you can hear more from them at ourgoodwolf.bandcamp.com. And that's it for us. That is it. We're out. See y'all next time. <laughs>